Howdy, my friends, and welcome to the Run of the Mills podcast. We are in the book of Matthew, chapter 21, as we have been keeping up with the king, as following along uh, with Jesus, as he is now, at this point, entering into Jerusalem. And so last time we talked about him setting up this day of um, what's called Palm Sunday, where he rode into Jerusalem on a donkey, and the people shouted, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And last time I talked extensively about just how unlikely it would be for someone to hop on the colt, the foal of a donkey, and that had never been ridden before, and ride it, not just in the town, which would be impressive enough, but riding uh, over branches, walking on people's clothes while people are waving palm branches at you. Um, that would be challenging to say the least. I think with my experience, I would say it's borderline miraculous. Uh, so anyway, um, we we're reading that last time. And so let's, we're going to kind of talk about a little bit more about what's going on here. So, um, we're, we're going to back up and maybe overlap a little bit from last time. It says now verse one. Now, when they drew near Jerusalem and came to Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied, and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord has need of them, and immediately he will send them. All this was done, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, lowly, sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. They brought the donkey and the colt, laid their clothes on, on them, and set him on them. And a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Then the multitudes who went before those who followed cried out, saying, Hosanna to the son of David, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. All right, so that's kind of what we've read so far. So this is not a... Um, necessarily a unique, um, I guess, would, a unique event in that um, what they're doing is not something that was just uh, impromptu, never been done before. Hey, I, you know, people just start throwing their clothes on the floor. Uh, there was there was a cultural uh, history of this, and this is uh, something that had happened previously uh, in Israel at times of victory. Uh, Judas Maccabeus. Uh, during the Maccabean Revolt, uh, he was a uh, Jewish priest um, who led the people uh, against their op oppressors. And uh, once they had been set free um, from from oppression and uh, they had taken back Jerusalem, he rode into town on a donkey. And there, uh, the stories from the book of Maccabees, uh, which is not in the English Bible or the the Christian Bible would be considered apocryphal. Uh, it is found in the Catholic Bible, but uh, anyway, the uh, the history the historical uh, aspect of that is that he rode into town, uh, being with palm branches being waved, and that's uh, the time in history that the Jews uh, celebrate during what, what we we would call Hanukkah. Um, that's that's kind of where that that uh, that feast time comes from in Israel. And so this was something that had been done before. Um, and whether the, the previous one uh, was a 
kind of a a what would you call it a something prophetic being acted out um, and at a, on a smaller scale uh, representing what Jesus would do on a grander scale. Uh, anyway, there's a lot of debate about that. But uh, what I wanted to point out, and what I think is interesting about this, is what happens next. So they're shouting these things. Jesus is riding into town on the back of this donkey. In verse 10 it says, And when he had come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? In verse 11 it says, So the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth, Nazareth of Galilee. So Jesus is coming into town. People are shouting and laying down their their clothes and branches and waving and, and shouting. And the people in, in Jerusalem are quite understandably um, kind of shook up. What's, what is this? Who is this guy? What's going on? This is very strange behavior that we're, we're seeing. And so the answer from the multitude is, this is Jesus, a prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. And so what struck me about this, um, I think is that I know the whole story, right? We know that a week later, um, Jesus would, would be resurrected. So um, by the end of this week, he's crucified. And this is um, this is an amazing thing where you see the, sh the, the crowds shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, which means like, save now. You know, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And then at the end of the week, there's people shouting, crucify him. And there's a lot of debate among scholars. Were they the same people? Were they not the same people? You know, were, were the people that were shouting crucifying that were stirred up by the priests, were they people in Jerusalem that were like, who is this guy? So anyway, what kind of struck me about this whole situation is that Jesus does not meet the expectations of the people. He's not what they expected. And hey, what do you know? We've been talking about this the whole time. Jesus is this unexpected king. And I think this is something that is very important for us to recognize, is that oftentimes when people come to the Lord, there's this initial joy and there's an initial um, excitement and passion. And I've seen this happen a number of times. And in fact, I was talking to somebody about this exact thing today. I was talking with somebody who's a, a relatively new believer in the last um, year. And uh, they were talking about how, you know, things are just really going great. You know, ever since things are going great. And one of the things that I took the time to point out was, you know, yeah, you know, when you come to know the Lord, it's great. But, you know, what, you got to be ready and don't be surprised when difficult times come again. Because this is one of the things I've seen happen to far too many Christians. There's this initial excitement where they understand their forgiveness and they understand their freedom from sin and their the weight and burden of their guilt and shame taken off their shoulders. And it's a, it's a wonderful thing. And then they're walking with the Lord and they're just enjoying growing and meeting other Christians and learning about him. And then sometimes something happens. Sometimes it's a, a family tragedy. Sometimes it's just a, a new difficulty. Sometimes it's some old thing from from their old days that pops up again. Some new some new struggle or some old struggle, whatever. And the sad thing is, is that people oftentimes become very discouraged. And I've heard people say, like, I tried being a Christian and it didn't work. And I think this is exactly what we're seeing in the story 
here is that you have these people who are crying out to Jesus, Hosanna, Hosanna, you know, save now, save now. They're crying out to him. They're treating him as though he has a, a military victor. He's coming like Judas Maccabeus to set their people free from, uh, from foreign oppression. But as we know, he doesn't do that. He doesn't come and take over the national reins of leadership in Israel. He doesn't set them free from Rome, from the uh, rule of Rome. Because he wasn't coming to be a physical king. He was not coming to defeat a temporary national enemy. He was coming to deal with something far greater. The great issue of sin and death. And so people turn on him. People turn on Jesus, not because he did something wrong. And it's still to this day, see people do this. They'll turn away from Jesus, not because he did something wrong, but because their expectations weren't met. And a lot of problems with those expectations is not that Jesus didn't meet uh, the obligations of his promise, you know, where he said, I'll do this and he failed, but rather there's assumptions that are made. There's things that people are told that are just not true. There's a lot of people that because they're initially saved and they have this, this initial time of joy and peace and, and, uh, and freedom that when a opposition comes, they fall apart because somewhere in that they thought that they would never have to experience difficulty that they would never face challenges, that they would never have another bad day or whatever. And it's tragic because so many people that say, I tried being a Christian, it didn't work. When you actually ask them what they're talking about, what they're talking about is some expectation they had about the life Jesus was going to provide for them that they didn't get. And what I have found in every single case is that they're wrong that their expectation was wrong, uh, their uh, their belief in who Jesus was and what he would do for them was wrong. And so it wasn't that Jesus let them down because he never would. It's not that God failed because he can't. It's that their understanding of God was flawed, that their understanding of God's word and what, who Jesus is was flawed, that they had some idea that Jesus was here to make their life better now when Jesus primary reason for coming was to make your life better for eternity in other words his goal wasn't just to make your day nicer today his goal was to set you free from the penalty power and preoccupation with sin that you might know that you're going to spend eternity with him forever because I've said this before but the only person who could ever say that I tried being a Christian and it didn't work would be somebody who put their true faith in Jesus, trusting in his finished work on the cross, and then would die, stand before God in judgment, say, I believed in Jesus. I believe in the power of his, his death and resurrection to pay the price for my sin. And for God to say, yeah, yeah, no, forget it. Sorry, not for you. That person could then say Christianity didn't work for me, but for the rest of us, Anybody who says Christianity didn't work for me had some sort of expectation that was just not biblical and accurate because God didn't fail you. 
God can't fail. It's one of those things God can't do. God can't learn. God can't fail. So we need to continue to study his word, know what he said, know who, see who Jesus really is, not the this strange, warped pop culture view of Jesus, but really think about these things and look at the things that he does and the things that he says. God bless you. We'll talk to you next time.